Welcome to Tomorrow's People, the podcast brought to you by Personio and me, Perry Timms. Everything starts with people and everything needs inclusion and diversity. Rob Neal, OBE, is a leading voice on how we create a more inclusive culture and society for tomorrow's people. So welcome to Tomorrow's People podcast, Rob Neal. <laughs> like I, I. I say that, but I mean, you and I go back decades, right? It's, it's, it is decades, mm. literally decades. Mm. Um, I was reflecting on that in the run up to this moment mm. and um, goosebumps. Goosebumps, oh, just thinking nice. of the moments we we met and, and did those early bits of work together. Mm, very nice. And uh, and work is the topic of this, uh, as well as all the interrelational stuff. Um, uh, but talking about work, uh, what's hot for you right now? What are you up to right now, Rob Neil? Wow. Uh, well, right now, work-wise, mm. I'm uh, running uh, my own consultancy. Mm-hmm. Um, as we record this, it's actually... Two years to the day nice. that I that I started it. Happy birthday! Um, thank you very much. Um, so two and and still a going concern. Mm. I'm still a bit freaked out by that, to be fair, um, because I can absolutely remember the run up to that moment. The kind of uh, it very much feels like a crossroads, actually. Mm. But uh, letting go, as I put it, but letting go of my beloved civil service mm. after a total of 38 years wow. working as a civil servant. So. Um, when you put those two figures together, 40 years in the workplace, mm. HR mm. resources, my professional anchor, mm. as it were. But, um, and that's, you know, it was in and around those elements that you and I met and, yeah. and looking at things around, you know, giving people a, a, a runway to offer their best, you know, yeah. really nice. encouraging people to be their best in the workplace. Yeah. And um, that's been a running theme ever since. So my consultancy is called Crystal Alliance. That's Crystal with a K. Uh-huh. Um, crystalalliance.co.uk is where uh, listeners can find us. Nice. Thank you. And um, have, a, have a little splash around there, if yeah. you will. And I love that uh, thread that you've pulled already about the sort of the energy side, because whenever we got together, and it'll be the case now, uh, there are energy sparks, aren't mm. there? And, and, and I guess we converged over the passion that we had for the work that we're doing and the people that we're doing it with, right? Mm. And, and, and there's a kind of an inflated term that we could use about belonging to do yeah. with that. Because I know you and I felt that we belonged to what we were doing. Yeah. And we belonged to other things that were part of that kind of equation, I suppose. And, and your reputation, I think, is about how you've brought people together mm-hmm. in a communal sense, with interest, all sorts of topical areas to uh, balance, to bring that verve and, and that kind of sense of, I've got this, mm. I need this, this is me. And that, that whole sense of belonging um, uh, is, is where we get so many different definitions of it. But what are your kind of hot takes and, and perhaps the sort of chills that you get about things like belonging in the world of work as you're seeing it now. Mm, sure. You know, all of that's true. Um, all, of, all of what you speak of there, Perry, mm. that, that certainly get me uh, excited, that kind of fuel my, my passion, that kind of gives me um, the energy uh, and, and certainly the, the motivation mm. to do what I do mm. is, is around uh, working with people, groups of people, growing those groups of people uh, 
to offer their best mm. and to welcome the best in everyone that they meet. Mm. And um, certainly, whether it be staff networks, employee resource groups, affinity groups, forums, call them what you will, mm-hmm. but building a, a critical mass of people yeah. that are committed to making work better mm. has always been uh, a heartbeat mm. of mine and one that I'm always prepared to share mm. and want to share in, in that when I meet it in others. Mm. So um, it, it, it doesn't take a lot to work any of that out. Mm. Um, when I think back about where you and I first met, mm. uh, the things we then signed up to together, mm. yeah. the things we signed up to independently of mm. each other, but then come back to meet. Yeah. But whether we are working together through through those staff networks yeah. or whether we are working together through what's now known as you know, EDI or yeah. DEI, whatever yeah. you want to call it, yeah. equity or yeah. equality, diversity and inclusion. Yeah. yeah. All of it rooted in this, this heartfelt belief yeah. that we are together yeah. capable of yeah. making work better. Yeah. And if that's what I end up belonging to yeah. and I find myself stood or sat next to Perry Timms yeah. and others like that, then I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy about yeah. that. You uh, you took my mind to some really nice places there when you were talking almost about the the multiple set of definitions. But at the heart of it, you're right, that togetherness mm. is, is really, really important. And I think you and I know, and a lot of people listening to this have probably got the experience that it just doesn't always happen by default, doesn't mm. it? It's not a natural rite of passage. Mm. You join a workplace, you get to know your colleagues, and then you see certain different things happening. You're like, hmm. That doesn't feel quite right or unfair. And, and that then dampens the best that that person can potentially offer. Mm. And as you were talking about your role in that, I, I've heard a management definition quite recently where it talks about people being conveners. Mm. And that's what it feels like you've done a lot of, mm. particularly in the more recent parts of your career. You've been a convener, haven't you? You've brought people together around themes and, and, and issues to, to resolve. Has that always been a thing for you? Have you always been a convener? Well, it's, it's a word. Uh, you've got me thinking about that now, Perry, but yeah. I guess that that's also true. Um, when I think back to my earliest mm. memory of, of what I wanted to be yep. when, when, I, when I grow up, and I'm still growing up now, but, but when I think about what I want to be when I grow up, my first well, my first ambition was to be a professional footballer. Uh-huh. Um, but I realized relatively early on and certainly early enough that I was never going to be good enough go. to be yeah. uh, earning my, yeah. my keep as a professional footballer. Love it as I do. Yeah. And to this day, yeah. uh, love, love playing when I get a chance, but yeah. certainly watching yeah. all that I can. But thereafter, with, with any kind of um, sensible option, I yeah. wanted to be a police officer. Oh, wow. Um, but I wanted to be a police officer because of... Uh, my proximity to people in the street. Uh-huh. That's how I saw myself. Yeah. If I were to become a police officer. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily solving crime. No. But, but preventing crime. I know what you mean. Um, but, but that kind of, you know, working with people yeah. in their everyday, day to day to um, remind everyone that we've always got a choice. Yeah. Nice. Even in those darkest of moments yeah. is to say to someone, you've got a choice about yeah. that. Yeah. To this day, I still work with with younger people right. making their way from education into employment okay. and uh, where they might have made unworthy choices, right. but reminding them that you've always got a choice, even if you feel as though you don't. Mm. 
question. So you don't have to necessarily yoke with, with, with this questionable activity or that group of people. What you can do is, is go high, mm. as, as Michelle Obama would yeah. say. And um, you can love them from a distance, yeah. but you can still offer your best yeah. in the lane you're in. Nice. And you can take your efforts to another level yeah. without, um, without being pulled back. Yeah. Um, and that in our exchanges, we can be edifying. We can lift up Very nice. rather than leave, leave someone feeling less than. Yeah. And, and back to the workplace yeah. itself, what I found in this convening you mentioned yeah. is that, that people would feel safe yeah. and comfortable and mm. confident enough to share the yeah. turbulence where, where they had bumped into that. Yeah. And some of that turbulence can be quite ugly, yeah, actually. Yeah. You know, it can be quite intentional yeah. in terms of the perpetrator yep. wanting to hold someone back, yep. wanting to put someone down. Mm. And I refer to it as the ugly end because in my experience, mm. and only in my experience, it is the minority mm. uh, of occasions on which that occurs. Yeah. But it's no less impactful for the, for the victim. Of course. And so what I wanted to do, mm. and still mm. want to do, is to create workplaces that that hear those voices. I know what you mean. And um, offer, whether it be an A&E, mm-hmm. um, a pharmacy, mm-hmm. a, a space to heal, mm-hmm. a safe space for mm-hmm. people to recover from any of that turbulence yeah. and to come again with their best efforts, nice. to offer again what they are fully capable yeah. of. That's what I'm committed to. Some very nice things in that. That was a lovely way of describing Firstly, the darker side of belonging, where perhaps you feel a little bit devoid individually. So belonging gives you a sense of something that that overcomes that. But it might not always be a positive choice. Mm. And and I love that you use the word choice. And then to pick on that, the choice bit that that I'm uh, sort of really uh, kind of starting to uh, ruminate on now is how people do choose to be hurtful, harmful, unequal blocking, preventing, discriminatory. And and we've seen it perhaps in the last few years, much more obviously, isms, Mm. racism, sexism, homophobia, Mm. Islamophobia, Mm. all sorts of things like that. We've got lots of names for them. Mm. And and I don't know about you, but I thought at a point in time, it's almost like maybe we've got over some of those things, but Mm. they've kind of reared the heads Mm. again, haven't Mm. they? So I guess it's our work is not done. No. For sure. No. We have a lot more definitions and lines to take, perhaps, with it. Mm. And I guess what I'm really liking about that is what you touched on at the end of that, which is safer spaces for understanding and healing. Mm. That's really important, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and that healing concept, I suppose, is where we do think about healing psychologically. Mm. So there's a lot of psychology in your work, isn't there, would you say? I would say. Yeah, yeah I would say. Um, and and some of those words I'm catching up with. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it is what it is. Yeah. And then you sometimes yeah. find out what, what it's called and what it's referred to afterwards. Right. I remember when I first um, bumped into the phrase tempered radical. Mm. Um, and I, I it felt like a fit for the kind of behavior yeah. that I was exhibiting and others around me in the groups we were forming. Yeah. But I didn't really understand what it meant academically. Yeah. Uh, what the research behind it was. And as I started looking to it more, Perry, it made more sense. You know, the fact that you had, you know, within within the approach, you had a proximity to the fault lines in organisations that 
permitted you, equipped you, empowered you to, to curate solutions to what was going on in the organization. Yeah. And so I got really excited about that. I, I, I remember working flat out on, on building and championing and supporting tempered radicals, nice. people who love the organization they work for, but at the same time, and because of that love, yeah. could see what was wrong with it yeah. and wanted to do something about that. Mm. And they weren't, you know, career-minded individuals. No. They weren't there to, um, you know, hold anyone back. Yeah. They were there to make the organization a better place. Yeah. And I couldn't get enough of that. That that's something I wanted to mm. to to swim in, yeah. to be a part of, yeah. and to encourage. Yeah. And, and and what I find in the present day mm-hmm. is that it, further to the point you make, Perry, about mm. individuals who might want to deliberately yep. cause harm, yep. deliberately destroy safe spaces, yep. or have people feel unsafe yep. for whatever mm-hmm. motive. And there are a few, uh, certainly in my experience, mm. that. They would create um, ways in which they could do that and not be detected. So whether it be, you know, fake news, mm. false comparisons, yep. and, you know, yeah. all of this kind of stuff that yeah. ended up, um, for the want of a better phrase, but muddying the waters yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and getting in the way yes. of people yeah. coming to work with all of what they wanted to bring to sure. work. Again, their choice, but, yeah. you know, we, we talked earlier about labels, but authentic yeah. in the workplace. But, you know, bringing to work what you want to bring to work yeah. and feeling yeah. as though that's possible. Yeah. I remember supporting some individuals who, uh, one case in mind comes really clearly yeah. to me, individual who for nearly six months would make their way physically to work, Perry, but couldn't cross Oof. the front door, the threshold of Ooh. work would turn and go back home. Oof. And so would report six for nearly six months wow. because of the fear right. they had around management in that space. Okay. And, and when we started working together to support this yeah. individual, um, it, it was revealed that this was the pain they were going through yeah. because of the way they yeah. were made to feel yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. about about circumstances yeah. in which is tragic isn't it because it's a kind of psychological thuggery isn't it yeah. it really is that yeah. so I know there, there are lots of things in the press about bullying and there are lots of things and legislative um, changes that are coming in to make whistleblowing a little mm. bit more easier. There's lots of topical stuff around that as we're recording that. But I, I do want to go back to some of those lovely things that you just put down about tempered radicals because mm. I think there's something in there, isn't there, about, again, belonging to a cause that is more important than perhaps the administration or the work that you're doing, but it's a part of that. Yeah, It's this wraparound, it's this underpin it's the soul of it really I guess I I love that phrase and you talked about fault lines and I think that's an interesting metaphorical link as well to the fact that um, you know the the earth is pretty stable until the tectonic plates shift right that's what happens in organizations (laughs) it's pretty stable until something happens and then there's a blow up Mm. but really uh, again that's been probably happening very slowly until the point that it goes. That it goes. Absolutely. And and your story, which um, you know, has such vividry in it of somebody who is physically going there but yeah. can't psychologically yeah. cross that threshold. Yeah. That's so damaging, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So the um the activist in um us perhaps comes to that. Yeah. And I wonder whether you're seeing and and have experience and 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 believe in the sense of kind of 
a, a noble cause mm. that, that talks to that equality. Mm. Because again, some people justify it by going, ah, oh, here we go again. Uh, you know, everything's against a certain group or pro a certain group. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not sure you've quite read the room. I'm not sure you've yeah. picked up all the signals. So mm. is the nobility pursuit there in equity? And that's what drives a lot of us to it. Well, I think that must be true. Yeah. That must be true. I certainly, uh, when I look to um, uh, examine yeah. uh, what 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 puts fuel in my tank, or yeah. these days I should say charge in my battery. Yeah, yeah. But when I look to examine that, it it, it is rooted in in what I signed up to when mm. when you know back in October 1983. Yeah. When I signed up to becoming a civil servant, mm. um, I signed up to what's what's known as um, you know, the Civil Service Code, Code. of Conduct. Mm. But that in itself has evolved from the Nolan Principle to mm. public office. And mm. when you look at those clearly, mm. they are about honesty, objectivity, integrity, mm. accountability. Mm. And, um, you know, notwithstanding the performance of any present day government, mm -hmm. uh, whatever colour or shape they may be, mm. um, I believe in those. Mm. Um, I know the vast majority mm. of civil servants mm. um, uh, believe in those. Mm. And uh, I will always believe in those. Mm. Those those are almost now a part mm. of my working DNA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when, for that reason, when I uh, uh, experience, or indeed it is brought to my attention, yeah. that individuals have not been yep. not just because everyone as a serving civil servant is signed up to those yep. but as you mentioned earlier some yeah. people choose a different yeah. path choose a different way yeah. but when I then encounter individuals who are not yeah. living those out yeah. it disturbs me yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it, 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 a different kind of passion rises yeah, up in me yeah. and um, you know it, it's the it's the machinery I have within yeah. to then Re, uh, to redress that yeah you know we can't change history yeah. Harry mm. but we can change its shape completely and we can shine a light on it yeah. and we can uh, reveal the truth yeah. about periods in history yeah. that we uh, may all share a, a level of shame about yeah. but we can now um, we can now redress uh -huh. and we can now repair yeah. and I think um whether we are talking about a formalized reparation yeah. or correcting yeah. some of what went on, mm. we know mm. that in the present day, mm -hmm. we there are people who are benefiting mm -hmm. from what went on before. Yeah. And because we can be clear mm -hmm. and, and confident about mm -hmm. what went on before, mm -hmm. but we can now redress it mm -hmm. today. And, and yeah. I think whether that comes in the shape and form of an apology, mm -hmm. an acknowledgement, mm -hmm. but we must act yeah. on what we now know to be true. Yeah. And I think that, that those things are with um, all of us as an injunction yeah, nice. to take action. Yeah. And I think um, when I see uh, present day leaders, some of whom are elected, some of whom have won their position through other forms of practice, taking an option that doesn't seek to redress that yeah uh, there's a there's a concern yeah. i have yeah there, there's there's a there's a, a determination yeah that lives in me yeah. to redress that yeah, yeah because yeah. somewhere along the line yeah those actions are preventing yeah. sometimes groups communities of yeah. people from offering their best yeah and and 
that can't be right. No. That can't be right. It, I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. says it best, you know. Yeah. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. everywhere. Totally right. And, and, and you made me think about the kind of social fabric that work has and is. Mm. Just as there's a social fabric in a community that you live in, or those like us, we choose to belong to certain clans and tribes like the football supporters, the music genres, whatever it might be. But we are attached to a number of different elements of that, yes. aren't we? And in some of them, we see the equality in it and it helps us be our best. And that even makes it more anger-inducing when we then go somewhere where it should play by the rules. Mm. You know, work is a construct of a series of rules and parameters and predictable outcomes. And then all this messy stuff comes in. It's quite difficult to compute, isn't it, sometimes? Like, why is that happening? Yes, indeed. Anger-inducing, as you say. Yeah. And and sometimes with that that anger, we we can, you know, what grips us... um, immediately is some of the emotion around yeah. that. And uh, I think it's often referred to as the amygdala hijack. Mm. But, you know, we, we get torn away from, from what needs to happen next and we react rather than respond. And, and these are difficult moments. These yeah. are challenging moments, yeah. particularly when, you know, it speaks to a, 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 a specific value that we might yeah. hold. But I, I can absolutely remember very, very clearly a decision I had to make um, growing up in the civil service, um, starting when I was 19 years old, but but literally just over a decade into my career, um, being being approached about being um, a, a lead for a project that would consider pulling together a group of people to address uh, racism uh-huh. and uh, racial disparity, yeah. uh, not just in the organisation, but in the services we offer. Okay. And I, I remember it very, very clearly because it was as if everything had come together uh-huh. to say, you know, this is, as someone who walks in faith, yeah. this is something I was called to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I knew that my approach would not exclude yeah, yeah, yeah. the target audience yeah. in any shape or form. Yeah. I knew that my yeah. almost, almost inherent, yeah. but almost um, lived yeah. experience of yeah. difference, Perry, yeah. would include... Uh, people of all races yeah. would include people of of all uh, political persuasion, yeah. and I re- I recall later on mm. reading um, a, a book that was um, indirectly recommended by uh, President Barack Obama in his first inaugural um, um, run up on the presidential mm. campaign. Mm. He was uh, reading a book called Team of Rivals, which was about a period of leadership of Abraham Lincoln, mm. and in that book. Uh, I think it's Doris Kearns uh, wrote wrote this book. Doris Kearns Goodwin. Mm. I may have that name wrong, mm. but certainly Team of Rivals. It talks about Abraham Lincoln's um, hitherto unprecedented, yep. but his ability and capacity to bring groups of people together across traditional lines. Right. So although he was a Republican, he would often yep. involve Democrats in the decision-making spaces. And this intrigued me mm. because I thought um, that, this was something I was doing naturally mm. because why would you get a group of people mm. to make a decision about something who all thought the same thing? Yeah. Now, later on, Perry, we'd talk about things like groupthink and no, exactly. echo chambers, but exactly. I didn't know about no, those terms. I yeah. just felt that it was important. Mm. You know, if we were running a network for mm. black staff mm. and 
I wanted someone to talk about the, the music of Black Origin. I want someone who knows their stuff. I don't care what color they mm. are. Up pops Berry Tips, <laughs> the Soul Man, aka the Soul Man. Thank you. And it was a you nice know a flashback. wonderful opportunity yeah. to illuminate yeah. and turn up. And yeah. you know this, Perry. You 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 were alongside us on the journey. Yeah. But for over a year, people didn't know who you were. Exactly. They just knew yeah. that the Soul Man yeah. was writing about music exactly. uh, of Black Origin know, or whatever people wanted to call exactly. it. Great stuff. There's something lovely in that, isn't there? Because, uh, you know, there's this sort of transcendent thing that we sometimes have, which is like, it really doesn't matter because. And, yeah. and that talks to what you beautifully described as the calling. Yeah. And, and this is where emotion in the workplace is sometimes very difficult for people to handle, particularly if you get into leadership positions and you're trying to bring people together. So I talked about convener you earlier. That almost feels like you're already channeling that energy. When you're a leader and you've got these recruited people around, you're trying to assimilate all these energies and you're trying to create harmony, understanding and so on. It's a tough gig, isn't it, when mm. you're doing that? And, mm. and, and your calling in that project, I think, just shows you sometimes how, without preordained, conditioned thinking, mm. you wanted to do the right thing. Mm. And you didn't know whether that right thing was bound by any definitions mm. or prescriptions or whatever. There's something beautiful in blank canvas type uh, uh, stuff that goes on in this space. Um, and, and what I'm kind of leading to now is, is that's an early inception. And you're right. I was a very active part of that group at the time in the court service around um, uh, uh, the, the Proud Network mm. that, that, that we ended up colluding on. Um, and, and it was a calling. It was a belonging. It was mm. something that really, really got to me. And, and that was an early um, experience of mine in what was then called staff networks. Yeah. And we now look at them perhaps slightly differently and, and employee uh, representative groups mm. uh, t- tends to be the kind of name for it now. So so on that, are they uh, a, a kind of an evolution uh, of what you are? Are they a kind of fab thing or mm. is there a bit of a fad thing going mm. on? Where do, you, where do you sit and like to talk about when ERGs come into conversation? Sure, yeah, great question. Um, you, you know, you asked whether they're the fab or fad. Yeah. I think, and in my experience, Perry, they can be both. Right, okay. Um, you know, either or, mm. both and. Mm. Um, okay. You know, I, I've recently done a bit of work with one organisation where they've got 93. 93? 93 ERGs. This is wow. an organisation of about uh, 40,000 people. Wow. Um, and they've got 93, at least, and this is no exaggeration, when I started the work with them, about two weeks prior to a, a keynote uh, presentation, yeah. I then gave at a conference. When I arrived on the day of the conference, just two weeks later, they had 94. Oh so, so in two weeks, two weeks, another one had spawned. For me, yeah. Staff Networks is my preferred title, but yeah. employee resource groups, yeah. affinity groups, yeah. call them what you will. Yeah. Uh, I, I think of them as fundamental. Yeah. Uh, I'll go for another F nice. on the, the yeah. fad or fab. Yeah. Because whilst okay. they can end up being fab or a fad, you yeah. know, here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah. I think staff networks have always been around. Mm. Some of them are formalised. Good point. Another F. Mm. Some of them are functional. Mm. Um, some of them, you know, are, are mm. fleeting. Mm. Um, let's go with the Fs. But, they, they, you know, they're here today and gone tomorrow. Mm. Um, and they're nothing more 
uh, and this is not to lessen them, but mm-hmm. they're nothing more than an expression yep. of a voice unheard that, that, that wants now to be heard. Yep. For me, the real litmus is, is whether or not the networking question mm. can align themselves with corporate goals yep. and be a critical input in what the organization needs to be doing both within and in what it offers Very its nice. service. Very nice. And so uh, for me, mm. I often talk about what I call the three C's model, but I often talk about criteria, mm. creation, mm-hmm. and competence. Okay. And I talk about criteria, about what, why, why this network? Why, yeah. yeah. Ask yourself the toughest mm. question. Mm. If you cease to exist yeah. from tomorrow morning, yeah. who would miss you? Mm. Really? Yeah. You, you know, would, would your members miss you? Yeah. Would the organization miss you? Mm-hmm. Is there something you offer that is so intrinsic mm-hmm. to your day-to-day existence mm-hmm. that without you, the organization will be less than? Great test. And, and, and sticking with that C mm-hmm. criteria, I say to certain leaders, uh, and this is all part of the chemistry exchange mm-hmm. in the early days of any conversation I have out of Crystal Alliance with a prospective client, mm-hmm. is I say... The smart leaders, the really, the really clever ones. Mm. I don't mean the ones with loads of letters after their yeah. name and, yeah. and uh, you know, an academic mm. library. No, no disrespect to any mm. of that. But the real smart leaders are the ones that really understand that by investing yep. in those networks, which are going to exist anyway, yeah, true. By bringing them on board and mm-hmm. to the table, mm-hmm. like a like a well timed TUS yeah. inquiry, yeah. that actually we are going to get to uh, practicable solutions mm. a lot earlier in our journey. Yeah. Nice. Let's have everyone at the table mm. in those decision-making mm. spaces. Mm. And you know what? The reward we then mm-hmm. invite, the mm-hmm. reward we welcome, is we may end up finding out a, a deeper insight about a group of people yeah. that we may have taken years, yeah. if not, thousands yeah. of pounds to an external consultant to find out yeah because actually true. we've had the solutions and certainly the best responses in true. our midst all along true true so whether we're talking about race gender yeah ability yeah. disability yeah. whether we're talking about caring responsibilities yeah. whether we're talking about you know the lgbtq plus community yeah. Let's have those who have got those lived experience, yeah, what yeah, I like yeah. to call the intrinsic owners yeah, of intrinsic. those issues, yeah. in the decision-making yeah. spaces yeah. to yeah. give us our best chance yeah. as leaders to make the wisest choices. Yeah. Giving us our best chance to make the wisest choices. I think that's a, that's a kind of ripple that will come through this um, podcast, the best chances of making the wisest choices, because wisdom is a really tough thing to engineer mm. these days with mm. so many data feeds and depth of data and divergence mm. uh, of it. So I think you're right about that um, sense of representation and accessibility. And I, I kind of look at it as collective intelligence too, right? Mm. It's, mm. it's people coming together to do things that help your intelligence. And that point to the smart leader, I think, is, is where we're going there. Um, because how on earth can an organization say it, stand strongly to serve the widest community possible or in a commercial sense have as many people buy what we do as possible yeah. 
if inside yeah. they're not tapping into what do you know about and how do we reach and what's good ethics on and so I think there's a there's a almost like a, a, a direct feed, isn't there, to the viability of an organization in that respect. And I love the thought that you might seek belonging to something near to you that feels safe, but it might then start to evolve and express how you can influence. Yeah. And I'm guessing that's a, a theme throughout a lot of your work, which is how do you then influence yeah. to, to get the right outcome? Yeah. Hey friends, it's Perry Timms, host of Tomorrow's People. In HR, support is key. Supporting your work, your people and your organisation. Personio truly gets that. They've got your back with top-notch support in your time zone. Visit personio.com and see how they can support all your HR work. That's P-E-R-S-O-N-I-O dot com. In a way, what I then, and I literally bumped into this, um, you know, I think it's Zadie, Zadie Smith that says in her book, White Teeth, that hindsight's always twenty twenty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I remember when I read that phrase, I thought, oh, yeah, that's mm. right. Mm. Because I, I bumped into this, mm. literally, it feels like years mm. afterwards. Mm. Um, but growing up as I did in the civil service, Perry, mm. um, for for literally 38 years when I, mm. when I let go, I was at times surrounded by, um, I remember working with, with a team of lawyers, um, with, you know, just overwhelming levels of IQ, yeah. just very, very clever people. Yeah. I mean, we used to, as a term of endearment, I should underline that as a term of endearment, we used to refer to them as brains on sticks. Nice. I mean, we, they literally, their bodies existed only to transport their brains from one place to another. Um, uh, but not, not blessed, not, not, not fortunate to carry alongside that brain power, any kind of EQ that, mm. you know, that emotional yeah. intelligence, that yeah. self-awareness, that yeah. self-regulation, yeah. the motivation, the yeah. empathy and the social skills yeah. to do yeah. the stuff of the heart. Yeah. Head stuff. Awesome. They're your person. Yeah. Heart stuff, mm-hmm. don't be asking because yeah, right. they're not, you know, many of them were, were not leaders of people. Yeah. They were leaders of legislation. Yeah, they were yeah, leaders yeah. of practice and protocol, yeah. but they weren't leaders of, of people. Right. And, and again, this is all in hindsight, Perry. You know, yeah. Looking back, I can see where EQ, emotional intelligence, enters the fray. Yeah. And even in our appraisal systems, we went from a, a kind of a, a fixed focus yeah. on looking at what people did yes. to including how they did it. Yes. It's no good hitting all the targets if half your team's off on exactly. stress lead, Exactly. You know? And, and that, that was a real challenge for yeah, some people, yeah, yeah. a real challenge. Yeah. Um, for, for some of us, it was a real welcome yeah. addition to the quotient party. Yeah, yeah, we need yeah. some emotional yeah. quotient in there. Yeah. And, and then the, the, the real kicker for me, the real beautiful yeah. new guest, the new quotient on the block, is cultural intelligence. Nice. Because what cultural intelligence says is, it's one thing having the IQ. It's great when you supplement that with EQ and you get someone who's, who's proficient in both of those. It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But what about that person's ability to work in different cultural contexts? Right. And not just race and ethnicity, mm. as the word yeah. may imply to some, yeah, yeah, yeah. but 
Yeah. I'm talking to you, Perry, so you get this straight away, I'm yeah. sure, and many of your listeners will. But cultural intelligence includes organizational culture. Yeah. It includes geographical culture. It includes um, uh, departmental, divisional. You know, I let go of, of my civil service career working at the Department of Education, 6,000 people. I'd come from a department uh, with nearly 80,000 people right. and something like four different departments within the one Ministry of Justice, including yep. the prison service yep. um, and probation, yep. but nine different IT platforms, yeah, just a real plethora yeah, yeah. of, and all of them different cultures, yeah, yeah. all of them different cultures. And, and what cultural intelligence offers us is a focus around our drive, our knowledge, our strategy and our action. Mm. You know, putting it in its simplest terms, those are the key capabilities around mm. cultural intelligence. And I uh, remember, again, quite vividly that almost in the same way that tempered radicalism mm. kind of gave me yeah. fuel for a year yeah. all at once, yeah. turbocharged yeah. my my day-to-day, that's what cultural intelligence did for me. Yeah. Because I, I knew we were surrounded by very, very... Very, very clever people. I, some of it was even, it was contagious. I was getting yeah. clever. Yeah. Um, nice. um, I knew that we had a lot of emotional intelligence yeah. and I think that's probably my starting point yeah. personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I knew that the two worked together. Yeah. Then we had this third quotient. Third dimension. And it was the third nice. dimension. Nice. And it was in some, in some parts of the civil service, Perry, to this day, it's the missing piece. Yeah. It's, dare I say it, the secret source. Yeah, yeah. And, and, Again, the smarter leaders, this is where my optimism comes from. This is where my renewed excitement about the future comes from. Mm. Some of our smarter leaders, Perry, are saying, we need a bit of that around yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. We need more culturally intelligent leaders, yeah. not instead of EQ, yeah. not as a preference to IQ. Yeah. Keep that with you. Yeah. Keep that with you. Yeah. I like it. Let's bring on like CQ. It. And De La Soul said it, three is a magic number. So you've got three there, haven't you? But um, I would anticipate as people are reading this, they are either going to chat GPT or Google yeah. search yeah. and they're looking at cultural intelligence. Yeah. Um, I would say definitely it's a thing and it will be more of a thing. Yeah. I think clearly for all those reasons you articulate, which, which almost takes me to a point of how we identify mm-hmm culture and and often it is you know people say it's the way things get done around here or it's how you feel on sunday before you wake up and all that it's like yeah okay they're nice little folklore mm. lines aren't they mm. um but some people do try and like you know numericize and analyze yeah. this stuff don't yeah. they so yeah. like culture diagnostic stuff i mean is that a good thing or again is that a bit of a fad are we seeing a almost like a commoditization of culture through mm. that what what do you reckon to that well you're right you know a lot of stuff around culture you know is a, is a feeling um and it's um you know it's a it's 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 in the temperature we take mm. um and and even before we see the scores on the doors mm. people have a sense of what uh, of what the That's readout's going to be yeah and so when those two um, factors come together, when those two elements come together, you will get a lot of the kind of push and pull mm. around, well, um, you know, I can't tell you what um, belonging, 
is or, or yeah. what we need to do to 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 secure it. Yeah. But um you'll know it when you see it. Yeah, I you know, know you mean, it's yeah. that kind of yeah, juxtaposition that, that becomes yeah. quite difficult to articulate sometimes. Yeah. And I, you know, I've learned, yeah, didn't start out this way, Perry, yeah. but I've learned not to wrestle too hard with that. Okay. It's just the way it can be. It's a bit like, yeah. you know, how can you, it's like describing the taste of chocolate to someone. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Nice. It, I love chocolate, but not everyone does. Mm. Um, now, yeah. it, hardly a day goes by that I don't have a bit of chocolate, which mm. is why I do need to get into the gym regularly mm. because I understand that mm. chocolate has uh, some Side properties effect. about yeah, it that yeah, would yeah. cause you to put on mm. uh, weight perhaps more than you'd want to. And so you need to mitigate and mm. take action to ensure. So I need to make room for my chocolate. Mm. Um, and that's what I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I can make that decision. Yeah. I think um, the link I think I'm trying to make here is that I think there is value yes. in getting some scores on the doors yeah. around these things yeah. um, that, that says, you know what? Next time round, whatever uh -huh. that period of time is, yeah. we need to do better. Yeah, you know, yeah. you and I did some work on employee engagement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you you kindly came in and done a oh, totally inspired speech <laughs> about you know people offering their best. Yeah. I can still remember it to this Thank day. You. I think it's important that if we go from one period to another, typically a year, but sometimes mm. in year surveys, to say if we if our level of engagement was here at this point. Mm -hmm our level of response to the mm -hmm. survey was at this point, how can we do better mm -hmm. next time? Yeah. How can we, how can we encourage individuals yeah. to complete the survey sure. more next time? Yeah, because yeah. we want to know your views. Yeah. You said we did, yeah. you know, we, you know, every view counts. So how can we um, increase that response rate? How can we mm. improve our engagement score? But scores in and of themselves yes. won't, cure us yeah. from some of the other stuff that goes on, the Great ugly point. stuff we mentioned earlier in this Great pod. Point. So we, we, we've we got to keep our eye on both. Yeah, okay. We've got to keep our eye on both. And, and so it is with the kind of juxtaposition of how we feel about stuff yeah. and how we end up describing yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. We've got to be able to find room, mm. I think, to carry both. And, nice. and because we are that smart, mm. we, are, we are that good, mm. we can mm. carry both. Good. I think it's when sometimes and this speaks to the whole cultural intelligence point, sometimes when we force ourselves down a road of, you know, zero-sum game, yep. you get some leaders who believe inclusion yep. is their oppression. Yep. Because if, if you're telling me I've got to give up what I've got, that means, or, or make room for someone else, that means I'm going to lose out. Oh, I know what you mean. And that's not no. the case. And so what we need to do is to live that out, yeah. carry that with us into the conversations yeah. we have yeah. so that people can see more of that. Yeah. That actually... There is enough for everybody here. Great point. And, and that's what we need to be about. Great point. That almost takes me to the, the fact that people do think about this as a defined thing. And it's almost like, no, you've just bust that myth and said it's a bit more quantum than that, yeah, right? It yeah. can expand and grow. And yeah. I think that's really important. It's you, not either or, it's no, both and. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, you're so right. So I think if there's some advice there, it is continue to do that because it does give you something, but that's not it. Right, so that's that's a really nice way to look at it, and and I guess in my mind as you were talking, I had this lovely vivid image of gymnasts who get ranked on their performance. Right, they get scores, don't they? Mm. Until they give that up and join Cirque du Soleil, yeah. when it's all about the performance because yes. the numbers don't matter. Then they don't matter. So there's a there's yeah. an interesting yeah, metaphor. Exactly. There's no podium. Me to. Yeah, there's no podium. Yeah. So no one's defined. That's it. That this is what you're moving towards, and. And great where there is a podium and there can be, yeah. you know, a gold, a silver, yeah. a bronze. Yeah. I get it. 
Yeah. But actually, in the place of work, yeah. what we're, we're really looking for is that that broadest yeah. of podiums yeah. that has room for everybody to exist and remember nice. them bringing what they choose to yeah. bring to work because they yeah. feel safe, yeah. they feel secure, yeah. and they do feel that this is part, they belong here, they belong here. And that loops us right back to the start. So just to sort of bring this to a close, I think you're absolutely right about the fact that uh, what we are talking about here is people being able to bring their best mm. and and recognising that there are inhibitors to that, restrictions mm. to that. They may not be that obvious. Some of them are very subtle and underground. But there's something about how we collectively look at that, talk to that, do something about that which I think loops us back into that whole nobility thing and the choices that we make about that. So um, that, that's been terrific. So anything to, to wrap us up that you want to share, Rob? Well, I because I knew we were coming together for this, I have a gift for you. Oh my goodness. I do. Um, and so listeners, if you can't see this and you're just <laughs> listening to the audio, he is suitably embarrassed because I've, I've taken him by surprise. <clears throat> I, uh, one of your questions that you mm. uh, were thinking of asking mm. me was about writing a book. Mm. Oh, yeah. And I didn't go big on this because in a funny kind of way, I have written ah. a book. I say funny kind of way okay. because it's co-written. Okay. Five of us got together, okay. um, led by the wonderful uh, Steve Frost yep. out of Included. Yep. .com. Yep. Uh, do check out that site, listeners, if you get a mm. chance. But um, curated and uh, five of us got together to write this book called The Key to Inclusion, Perry. Uh-huh. And I have a copy for you. Oh, wow. Um, my contribution, uh, touching on a few chapters, but I wrote the chapter in here around cultural intelligence. Beautiful. Chapter, chapter three for the record. But um, it's called uh, The Key to Inclusion, published in June of uh, last year. Not sure when this pod goes out, but uh, back yep. in... 2022 and it's published by Kogan Page nice. so that gift I'm handing thank it you. to him now listeners thank is you. for you Perry Timms and I'm just uh, with all my love for those with all on, my love uh, oh thank you very much well that I definitely didn't fish for that but uh, that's given me a bonus so yeah the key to inclusion mm. uh, is, an, is a, a read I will and uh, dive into and put on the bookcase uh, that you'll see on my Zoom calls and um, what me and my team yeah. of associates at Crystal Alliance uh, we are working with public, private and voluntary sector organisations. Uh, I guess the, the privilege I now enjoy um, is being able, um, as I reflect on my, my civil service career, as I step into a third year as a consultant now, um, my, uh, I'm nine months off my next milestone birthday. I'll be, I'll be 60 in May of next year. Bless you. And I'm in a privileged position of very much being able to choose who I work with. Nice. Now, when I say that, I don't yeah. want to sound complacent. No. I'm still keen to win certain bits of work. I'm still keen to do certain yeah. uh, uh, projects. What I mean is when I have my, what I call chemistry meetings, but when I have that setup yeah, meeting yeah, with yeah. potential clients, I, I'm really interviewing them. Yeah, nice. I'm really nice. trying to work out if they're serious about cultural transformation. Yeah. And so when we start exploring mm. and excavating what could possibly be offered out of Crystal Alliance if and it's happened once or twice in in this short space of time two years where I kind of don't get a real clear strong green light on doing yeah. what needs to be done yeah I say no yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not available now yeah. sometimes that that might be at cost and budget yeah. uh, very rarely is it that yeah it's yeah. more about their intent their will yeah. and their intent yeah and if if they're not you know mm. if they're not ticking some of those healthy boxes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then um, 
I um I I invite them to look elsewhere. Yeah. I invite them to really think again if yeah. they're serious about this. Yeah. And I say to them, the door's always open. Nice. If you want to come back and do this yeah. properly, yeah. Um, or at least with a real full heart yeah. and a real commitment, uh, then Crystal Alliance is here. We involve to evolve. Nice. That's our strap line. Involve um, to evolve. Involve to evolve. Nice. And we very much work alongside our clients to deliver uh, what what's needed yeah. on their journey and wherever they're at on their journey. And I think that's a final lesson, really, for listening to this, isn't it? Which... You know, lots of people talk about things like equity, inclusion, diversity, belonging, and, and kind of go, it's really hard. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. And I think you're right. If then people kind of go, mm, I'm not feeling that and here's why, mm. there's a kind of, okay, I'll go rethink that. Mm. So I think, yeah, we, we don't give up at the first attempt. Uh, it is an ongoing thing. It takes many forms. Um, and right uh, is subjective. And there are lots of ways that we can work together to go, that's the best for now. And then, then we'll get better. Yeah. And then we'll involve to, to evolve. evolve. Exactly that. Absolutely that. I think we'll leave it on that note, Rob. So thanks <laughs> very much for that. Works for me. Good stuff. Well, Rob Neil, thanks very much. Thank you, and, Perry uh, Tims. So, enjoy, man. Enjoy the rest of your year. Thank Indeed. you very much. Yeah, Indeed. If you've enjoyed this episode of Tomorrow's People, please subscribe and check out our previous episodes from wherever you get your podcast from. And if you want to transform your people processes, head to personio.com.